Hello, friends. Uh, this is the For the Love of Film podcast. I'm your host, Scott David Chase. Um, welcome back. Um, it's been about three months since the last time I posted an episode, and uh, obviously stuff has been crazy in the world. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, I know you've been affected by the coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, I had grand plans when uh, movie theater shut down that I was going to start watching a ton of movies at home and doing regular, regular posts and, you know, trying to keep to the routine and put out new content. And then, you know, that did not happen. Um, just getting through regular everyday life, uh, and starting a new relationship and trying to figure out health and stuff like that. I just kind of, the I didn't watch a whole lot of movies in the last three months. I mean, I did watch some stuff, but it was sort of, I, I fell back a lot on revisiting old favorites. Um, a lot of it was just sort of comfort watching. And so, and I thought I was even going to keep a log of everything I watched at home. And, uh, I couldn't, uh, I, I didn't really keep up with that. And I, I, I could go back and, look at it, but I didn't necessarily see, I didn't have the desire to do that. Um, I'm excited that theaters are opening in about two weeks again, and I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be cautious, but you know, to be honest, most of the time when I went to the theater before, um, the pandemic, uh, hit the United States, um, there were n not that many people in the theater anyways, maybe five or six other people. So, uh, Maybe there'll be more because people are itching to do stuff, but I, I kind of doubt it, but we'll wait and see. Um, there's not anything specific that I'm looking forward to other than Tenet, um, uh, which, uh, God, I'm drawing a complete blank on the director's name, uh, but I've loved all of, all of his films really. Um, it's Christopher, blah, Christopher Nolan. Um, uh, but uh, I'm just looking forward to going back to the movies. But uh, so this this little intro, um, I, I started a series with a friend of mine um, that this is the first episode of. Um, and uh, I had never seen any of the Harry Potter films. I've never read any of the books. And it was one of those things that I know it's beloved by so many people. And um, it wasn't I didn't intentionally neglect it. It was just one of those things that I never got around to doing it. Um, it came out at a time where I was in my early 20s, and um, particularly the first couple films are aimed at a younger audience, and I just didn't have an interest in watching them. So I didn't. And um, uh, I also sort of have the mentality that I have enough other stuff that I'm obsessed with that... Um, I didn't need to go seek it out, but, you know, I'd always said, oh, when I get some downtime or whatever, um, if I get a long chunk of time, maybe I'll sit, sit about and watch them since there's eight films and, you know, it's the, that series is done now. So I have a coworker, Emily Sheff, who is a big Harry Potter fan and was just um, surprised and uh, bemused by the fact that I'd never seen any of them. So I decided... It would be fun if I would sit and watch all of them. I'm doing them one at a time. 
And then Emily and I get together and talk about them, and she can kind of explain to me the ins and outs and her own personal take on the film. So that's what this is the beginning of that series within this podcast. And um, yeah, um, it, it, it was fun doing this first episode. Uh, um, I definitely enjoy uh, chatting with Emily anyway, so it was good to, good to uh, <clears throat> talk to her about something that she's passionate about and, you know, I love film, so it was a kind of a natural fit. So I'm curious to see where the series takes me and uh, uh, both both the film series and series of chats with Emily. So having said all that, here is the first episode of this little Harry Potter series that I'm doing with Emily Chef. Enjoy. So this is for the Love of Film podcast. This is a this is a special episode. This will be the first of eight, possibly ten. Ah. Depending, because they're uh, uh, first of eight episodes okay. talking about the Harry Potter films. Right. Have you seen the, the the Fantastic Beast films? I've seen parts of them. Yeah. I'm less interested in those films because they're not really canon. Sure. I mean, they kind of are because she wrote one book. I think. On... Didn't she write both of them? Did she she I wrote think so. two I don't books. Know. Well, there's. I, I feel think, like I should know that, but I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, so, so you had mentioned a disclaimer before. So, uh, Emily doesn't claim to be. I'm uh, not an expert. An expert, but uh, nor do I speak for J.K. Rowling. <laughs> uh, she's done enough speaking for herself on her own in the last few weeks. Um, well, and that's an interesting thing too, because I know a couple of people are going to be like, "Oh, you're going to be doing a review of right. this. You know, are you going to talk about it?" Um, I don't really. What has she been saying? I haven't seen anything. I'm not really on social media. Very, so. very like transphobic. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the 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 now the responses. A, a lot of people are posting. Oh, Harry Potter's w- was written by anonymous, and then it started discussions about you know separating the art from the artist. Right. And oh my god, I'm so disappointed yeah. to hear that. Well, and Daniel Radcliffe has spoken out for his support of the trans community. And yeah. he's just like, I'm sorry that something that so part of so many people's l- lives right. is now potentially causing them hurt. He's just like, just, so you know, she doesn't speak for all of us. Right. So, right. which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Him. And it's one of those things. And that's, <clears throat> it's interesting because, so this, this whole idea mm-hmm. for this podcast came up because I know that you're a big Harry Potter fan yes. and, I had never seen any of them. Right. Um, I had never read any of them. And it's a weird sort of thing where um, they came out, I think the first book came out in like 97, 98, something mm-hmm. like that. So I would have been in my early 20s right. then. So, and nerd culture, the way it is now, kind of embraced and like it's, you know, everywhere was not that way 20 plus years ago. No. Um, I was, you know, because I'm a huge Star Wars right. nerd. And even then was considered kind of lame if you're over the age of, like, 15 at the time. Right, yeah. So I wasn't... I mean, and t- to be fair, I didn't have any interest in Harry Potter at the right. time. I wasn't like, this looks stupid. It was just like, I had seen the preview, and I was like, yeah, it looks like a kid's movie. Um, right, and I think I think the first couple really were, and yeah. the first couple books were. But the interesting thing about Harry Potter, and especially about the books, was that the books grew with the audience it was designated for. Sure. So, like, when I was... I remember when, when the books came out, my mom was still reading us, story, reading stories to us at um, at night, like before bed, 
And so she would, she would read the Harry Potter books to us. Yeah. But then, like, as I got older, I would read them myself. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, it grew with, with the audience. Yeah. So, like, my generation could really, really relate to it yeah. the entire time. Which is an interesting thing because, like, take Star Wars, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, the first movie, I was a kid. I mean, I was a young kid when mm-hmm. the first movie came out. Um, and then The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi were a big part of mm-hmm. my childhood. Right. Um, and those are ostensibly children's movies as well. Right. But the new ones are still, like, they're being made for younger audiences. It's right. not, you know, the Star Wars movies that they're making now are not designed for guys in their mid to late 40s. No, that's a good They point. still go to them. Right, um, right. But, and, that's, and that's one of the things that I try and remind people um, in my age who get upset with Star Wars, and they're like, this movie sucks and blah, 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 right. blah. And I'm like... Well, it's still sort of for kids. I'm yeah. like, they're kids' movies. Yeah. Like, you can take your your kids or, you know, right. your nieces and nephews and whatever. But where it's so it's interesting that with Harry Potter, it was sort of... Yeah, because by the time, like, the last movies came out, they were all, I think, PG-13. I mean, they were still kids' movies, but, like, right. you had to be, like, a, you know... Yeah. Like a tween... Right. Young adult to right. go to them. Yeah. Um, yeah... And not having kids myself, I wasn't, it's not like in the years since I've watched them with my kids. Right. You know? Yeah. You would have really no cause to. Right. Yeah. And it was just, and it, and it was never like a, oh, I'm avoiding Harry Potter at all costs. I think you just missed it. You just kind of missed the hype. I did. And it's, yeah, it's most of my friends who love it are, you know, um, between like 25 and 35 right. and they grew up with it. Right. Um, exactly. And so many people are like, oh, you're going to love it. Um. So, which is interesting, because um, I, I did get through, I did get through uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, d- now, did you know that it's only called the Sorcerer's Stone in the United States? Yes, yes, it's the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, and and in the, in the film, they refer to the actual stone as the Philosopher's Stone. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm curious what the what the the choice for the United States market was I'm to not change sure. it. Yeah, why they I mean, I don't think those two are wildly different terms. No, but it's I feel like maybe they're like, oh, if we put philosopher, people are gonna be like, oh, it's a nerd. It's movie. like too much. Yeah, it yeah. might be. Sorcerer yeah. is just a little tiny bit cooler, maybe. Right. I guess. Pull, um, pulls in the I don't know. Yeah. It's already a super nerdy I don't know. Yeah. So well, it was interesting for me because well and I w- and I will say for, I didn't love it, but that's, that's okay. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm also like, I've, I've decided regardless of how I feel, I'm going to sit through and, and for me re- rewatching those. Now the first couple, I yeah. have a hard time. With sure. Them. The sure. acting. I mean, the, the young kids, they're not, they're not actors. No. You know what I mean, like they can't really act. Well, and they were all they're basically all still learning how to act. Yeah. Exactly. Which I like, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I almost like, I have to have it on kind of in the background as a nostalgic thing. I sure. can't really sit down and be fully engaged with it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting, too, because, like, I've seen at least Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe in adult roles, mm-hmm. and they're both excellent actors. Ex- they were learning how to act yeah. in these movies. So it's interesting that they were able to cast so young mm-hmm. people who turned into... They saw p- serious potential in yeah. these kids. I don't know movies. if I've... I don't know if... Ron Weasley, if I've seen him in anything He's been in some other things, but I think they've been mostly, like, um, smaller budget independent sure, type things. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, but it's... There's so many big name mm-hmm. British right. and Irish actors. Yes. Which I didn't know until I started doing some research on this was... 
that was Chris Columbus's rule was because because oh. I guess uh, Robin Williams really wanted to play Hagrid. Um, and he said, I'd love to have you. Cause he'd worked with him before Chris Columbus directed Mrs. Doubtfire. He did like directed yeah. the home alone movies. He's done a lot of family stuff. So like, I'd love to have you, but I've got this rule. It's, it's only British or, uh, that makes sense Irish to me. people. Yeah. 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 I didn't know before I started watching it. I didn't know that it took place like in modern times per se. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. like the stuff with his aunt and uncle and his cousin at the right. beginning is like, in our world. But other than the first, what, 20 minutes of the movie, the rest is pretty much at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, does it go in, in without giving too much away, do they go back in, like, do you see more of the outside world? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it, it sort of follows the books in that regard. There's, gotcha. There's a bit of stuff where he's back home with the Dursleys because he has to be there over summer breaks and things like that. I gotcha. And, and how he interacts with the muggle world versus right. his wizard. And he has to sort of reconcile some of that. Yeah. So it's been interesting too, because there's so many like phrases from this that I've heard. Oh yeah. That I'm just like, Oh, that's what that now means. it's making sense. Yeah. yeah. Now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a, there is, a, there is a little bit of a star Wars connection. There's uh-huh. a, there's an actor in it. Um, Warwick Davis, who he plays, I don't remember this guy's name, the guy who's, well, this is the goblin who, like, works at the bank, but he also played the professor. Professor Flitwick. Flitwick? Okay. Yeah, uh, it's the same actor. Um, yes. But he was, I don't know, have you seen any of the Star Wars movies? Yes. So I'm trying to remember who he was in those, though. He was, so he was. we just watched all of them the other day. He was Wicket, the Ewok, in Return of the Jedi. So oh, he, okay. he was a young boy at the time. Okay. Um, and he was actually been in all of the all of the prequels and then all the Disney ones. He's had different roles. Wow, very cool. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and actually, his son was in the Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars movie that came out, okay. um, along with him because he played he reprised his role as Wicket the Ewok, and his son played Wicket's son, uh, like a young Ewok. Okay, it. yeah, because his son is also um, a small person. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of. What the correct term oh, little is, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's. Yeah, he he uses a. They use because he's British. He uses a. It's a different oh, term, yeah. but. Yeah, that make it makes sense that they might have different terms yeah. in different yeah. countries. But I'm pretty sure, in the U.S., the accepted term little is still little person. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, um, I also know that um, Dumbledore. Uh, changes after mm-hmm. the second film because Richard Harris plays him which I'm sad about already because like he was the best part of this he's movie. so good I I completely agree with that yeah. that he is the best part he's yeah. just and and especially from and I know you haven't read the books but yeah. from reading the books yeah. first before seeing all the movies he is exactly how I imagined Dumbledore yeah. to be he behaves the same way yeah. even just like the way he's he never really shouts like yeah. he's like I remember even as a young kid watching those movies and being like, perfect casting. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I love his character. Yeah. There was, um, yeah, the f- first time, well, you read the books beforehand, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be, um, and I forget, sorry, if this is a spoiler, if you're listening to this and haven't seen the Harry Potter movies and I ruin anything for you, I don't care because this right. movie's been out for 19 Forever. years. Shame on you for having not seen them, really. But, so the guy, 
I don't remember his name. It starts with a Q. The guy who turns out to be... Professor Quirrell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you read the book, the first time you read, did you immediately know, oh, oh this is this is the dude who's... No, they definitely lead you, lead you... Like in the movies, they lead you to believe that Snape's got something going sure. on. And you're like, what's he up to? Like, he's shady. Right. Um, I mean, I, I guess they do sort of... It also sort of, I guess would have been hard as a, like a kid for me to really read into it sure. so much. Um, so I wonder, like, I know my mom read them all like before she read them to us. To so I wonder if she was like, Oh, what's going on with Quirrell and right. that turban or whatever. Right. But, uh, right. but yeah, for me, I was just like, Snape's shady. Yeah. I, um, I think part of it, you know, obviously being older, watching it for the first time, but also having the benefit of, they've all been out. I mean, I think the last movie came out like eight or nine years ago, so something like that. Uh, and knowing that Snape is through all of them right. and that so many people hold Alan Rickman in such high regard for that role that I was just like, this dude's obviously not the bad guy. Right. This so, is a setup. Yeah. yeah. But also I was like that one guy, Quirrell, uh, mm-hmm. I was just like, I haven't seen him in any of the posters or anything for mm-hmm. anyone else no. so i'm pretty sure this dude's up to some stuff yeah so, for sure yeah um good deductive reasoning <laughs> i was also i i didn't read it, it was weird because when they go into the forest with hagrid as like punishment for being out and about right um it's interesting how so much stuff is introduced without much further explanation they're like right. oh yeah this is unicorn blood and um Oh, yeah, um, that's Voldemort. Like, I don't know. They barely talked about Voldemort, and then Harry Potter just knows that this creature is Voldemort, yeah. and then the centaur comes and, like, rescues him. Yeah. And I was like, what's happening? What's I, going on? I think that's flushed out a lot more in the books. Sure. And I wonder if some of some of that um, kind of not being fully explained in the movies sort of relied on the fact that the majority of the audience that was going to the films had, had, had read, read the book. The book yeah. And so sort of had like already a sense of what was sure. going to happen. And I think part of the, the Harry kind of immediately knowing that this is Voldemort stuff is, um, or at least is re- a relation to Voldemort, um, is the scar, the connection with his scar. Right. Like he like immediately was like, well, I'm in pain now. Right. Like, right. This is a bad thing. Right. Whatever I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, well, they even said in that in this film that he got the scar from Voldemort. Right. Um, do they go more into that in the later films, like what exactly that means and that connection between mm-hmm. the two? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and definitely, definitely in the books, but yeah. yes, more so in the films as well. There's, gotcha. There's more. There's a little bit more backstory as to like how all that went down and like, yeah, you know, why he was targeted and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm interested. I want to do some research uh, because. I know Ray Fiennes plays Voldemort yeah. in the rest of the films. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the Prisoner of Azkaban that he's not in, but all the other, like, like I guess they mention him, but. Yeah, I guess you're right. Now that I think about it, I guess he's not really in that. There's other sort of evil forces at work yeah. that are, yeah, again, related to Voldemort, but he's yeah. not really uh, present. There's been other film series where a villain He's like introduced kind of in the shadows at first, yeah. and then when they become a more fleshed out character, a different actor. He actually, plays them. he actually is. Now that you think about it, now that I think about it, he shows up in, like for real, for real, in the fourth movie. Okay. Um, but he's in the second one. He's like 
he's there in a different form. Okay. And then in the third one, he's not really present at all. I gotcha. And then he like, yeah, he shows up in, in yeah. movie four and you're like, and, and it's Ray Fiennes and you're like, I feel like by then, I don't remember how old I was when the fourth movie came out, but I remember being in theaters and seeing him like Voldemort for the first time and being like, oh damn, yeah, it's Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Like this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause he just, he nails the villain. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm like, like I said, I wasn't super into this movie, but it also, I'm also, I was trying to remind myself the whole time. Cause this is very much like world building with this. Right. Movie. You're this getting a setup. This is the setup. Yeah. For I'm just like the, what happens in this film right. doesn't really matter. You're getting a sense of the lay. Who are the, the characters? Yeah. What's yeah. some of the backstory? Yeah. Do you, as a Harry Potter fan, do you understand the game of Quidditch? Not really, no. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Not, yeah, kind of. Because I know. I mean, and admittedly, I'm not a sports it's, fan. It's much better explained, I think, in the books okay. as to sort of like what each ball is for right. and like how you score points. The point system, I don't think I ever fully got. Yeah. But I've just never been a numbers gal. So. I also, <laughs> well, it's interesting the whole points thing because it was never like. Early on, when that when the kids get assigned to the different houses, yeah, um, which that was one thing that I've always heard people be like, "Oh, what house are you?" Right? Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But yeah. um, when like the kids get in trouble and they're like, "We're deducting ten points," I was like, "Ten points from what? What are you talking about?" Like it was never really explained. And at the end, where they're like, "Oh, we're going to give away the award for." I was like, oh, this is what the point's for. But they were like... It's much more explained in the books, too. That's a great thing about the books is, like, there's so much more detail that, sure. like... And I think, like, if they had... When they first started, like, creating the movies, if they'd come up with the idea of making each book more than one movie, like they did with the last couple, sure. like, it would have worked yeah. better. But um, but that wasn't really a thing. Sure. It was like, you just had to condense. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, a book and a film are two very different very mediums. Very different, yeah, exactly. And, well, and it's, I'm definitely not one of those people in the camp of, oh, the book is better than the movie. I mean, because they're different experiences. Right. And But also, I point to Peter Jackson's Hobbit films. Right. Where it has everything from the book, plus a bunch more, and right. those are awful films. Yep. Uh, it's a great book, but it's just like, it's, like I said, they're different mediums. Right. And, like, you're trying to... You know, I did not love those films either. No, and uh, I really like the original Lord of the Rings. Me films. too. I was bummed by The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and, and I also try watching this, trying to remind myself that like stuff that doesn't make sense to me. I've watched Star Wars, the Star Wars movies with people who didn't grow up with them, right. and they're like, "What's the deal with this? What's the deal with this right. stuff that's just like second nature?" Right, I'm like, exactly. oh, that's this person. I'm like. Yeah, but none of that's explained in the film. Like, And some of it I've known for so long, I don't remember how I first learned about it. But it wasn't from right. the film. It doesn't give you that information. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like that's where the, the book comes in handy is like she's built this magical world. And right. she has way more, like there's just so much more explanation as to how the magical world works right. itself. So yeah. like, yeah, I guess when you mentioned the Quidditch thing, I'm thinking about... If I were just watching the movies, no, I would not have understood how Quidditch works. But now that I think about it, I remember from reading the books yeah. that, like, uh, there was a fairly in-depth explanation as, as yeah. to how it worked. Yeah. Again, point system, don't I don't get. But Yeah. Now, are most... I mean, I know the three main kids are in all the films are, like, 
the other kid actors who are in this, are their characters, like, do they return for most of them, too? Yeah, yeah, some of them. So, yeah. so is Malfoy? Yes, Malfoy is very much in all of them. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Because that kid's kind of a prick in this, and I'm like, I think they're either going to go one way or the other oh, yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what about the kid that um, Hermione froze? Neville Longbottom? Yeah. Is yeah, he, he's he, in all okay. of them, too. He's, right. he's a great character. All right. The other thing that was a little bit of a, like, ugh, for me, and it's the same thing from the Star Wars films that uh-huh. came out at the same time, is the CG just looks so dated. Now. Ooh, super dated. Yeah. I agree. It gets better. Yeah. Oh, I would imagine, too. But and it I, definitely, And, and yeah. I was just trying to remind myself, I'm like, yeah, this came out in 2001. Yeah, looking back, I mean, like, the troll scene. Yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah. God. Even the... Even but I remember the, thinking that was really cool when, I, when the movies came out. Yeah. But... I think the thing that stuck out the most is probably Fluffy, the three-headed dog. Oh, yeah. I was like, this doesn't look it's real at super all. Super lame looking now. But, you know. But I feel like I remember being like, well, this is kind of scary right. when I first saw it. Right. Was it... So how... 2001s, we're going back 19 years, so you were... Oh, you were young. Young, yeah. Um, was this... I mean, because it, it... I know that the films get much darker than this, but when uh-huh. this first came out, was there a... Like, was it kind of a scary film? I think parts of it were like I wouldn't even I don't know if that I would go so far as to say scary as much as like thrilling. Yeah. You know, okay. like like this like when like before they find Fluffy and they're up in that like deserted right. wing that yeah. they're not allowed to be in and you're like, "Huh? Oh, right, right. <laughs> so that stuff or like being in the forest, you're a little like Neh. Right. Right. Um It's funny too. I've long had like a like a penchant for painting white owls and so a lot of people who like 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 follow my art or whatnot have assumed over and over again that okay. i was a huge harry potter and it's thing. a wig yeah yeah and i'm just like nope just like white owls yeah, but, she doesn't have a monopoly on snowy owls right yeah right but now i when i didn't realize like because obviously, like I'm, I'm looking at the dvd cover and there's you know one of the owls that delivers mail right um on the cover. So I knew that it was part of it, but I didn't realize how much, like how many there were in it. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that's their, yeah, that's their mail, thing. Their mail delivery system is owls. I will say, um, I'm just trying to think of a couple of things that I liked about it. When they first walk into the, like the, the great hall, the dining hall mm-hmm. or whatever, and all the candles the are just hanging. Candles. That was really cool. The floating candles um, is, yeah. That was a great visual. Um, I also like the thing where the, the flights of stairs were shifting yes. around, which very like MC Escher esque. Yes, um, and a lot of that felt really like true to the books, which yeah. I really liked. Yeah. Like I felt like when I was seeing it on the screen for the first time, I was like, "This works with sort of the visual that I had in my head of like how things would look yeah. um, and things would behave." Yeah. Um. So that was really fun, sort of seeing that kind yeah. of true to true to life, I guess. They, um, I feel like, like they address the fact that Harry Potter is an orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's technically an orphan since he lives with his family still, but yeah, his, his mom, parents are his dead. His mom's sister? sister. Yeah. Do they, but I also feel like they kind of like addressed why his parents are dead and like his feelings sort like, do his parents come up more? Yes, the other? Okay. definitely. Right. Yes. There's, there's more sort of, there's more backstory to that. There's more like him kind of trying to like 
figure out his identity gotcha. um, and understand sort of what, what happened to his parents. Because, I mean, obviously his aunt and uncle, like, lied to him. So you still are kind of learning, like, right. like Hagrid's super offended about what they told him. But Hagrid yeah. doesn't even give him, like, all the info. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you never really know how much Hagrid really knows. Sure. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely, they come up more. For sure. The thing that was like I'm trying to was still trying to figure out is because like it like I said it starts off in like the the normal everyday the Muggle world, right? But as soon as Harry's dropped into you know um, Hogwarts in the Wizarding world, yeah, so much fantastical stuff that he would never have been privy to before Mm -hmm. just doesn't seem bothered by it. Like when they first meet a dragon. He's like, oh, this is a dragon, right? Yeah. Like, not like, wait, dragons are real? Like, right. oh, there's a unicorn, there's a dead unicorn. Like, he's just like, yeah, that's what this is. And yeah. I was just like, really? But, yeah. I don't know. It's, that, that is interesting. You wonder if some of that, some of that's writing, some of that's the fact that they were still sort of learning how to act. So maybe you're sure. not seeing as much disbelief as you could have yeah. been. Um, some of it's maybe like, he sort of always knew he was special, so now, like, none of this really surprises sure. him. You yeah. know, like, I feel like there's there could be a lot of explanations for that. Sure. But I do think um, he, in the books, she sort of writes about his, like, astonishment a little bit more. I gotcha. You know, I like, gotcha. there's a little bit more disbelief of, like, whoa. Right, right. That but I feel like sense. once, you know, once you go through Diagon Alley, you're like, okay, well, right. this is what it is. I mean, right. everything else, you know. Right. I um, It's funny because I think the first time we ever talked about Harry Potter, you and I, uh-huh. was about platform nine and three quarters. Yeah. And because uh, you have like a sticker or something. Oh, yeah, on my water bottle. Yeah. And uh, and I had seen it before and I couldn't remember what that was from. And you, you're like, oh, it's Harry Potter. And that's when the conversation came about that I'd never seen it. So I had sort of like this, I was trying to imagine what it was like and mm-hmm. The way it's depicted, this was nothing like what I was imagining. I know that yeah. for me too. I agree. Like when when you and when you read it in the book, the description you just have a you can kind of imagine it in so many different ways sure. as to how it works. So then when you see it on the screen, you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. One of the things I do appreciate about it, though, is because obviously magic is a huge thing in mm-hmm. the, these films. And the way that they show magic being used, like like spells being cast, is very different than most fantasy things where there's not like smoke or like blue clouds. It's basically nothing. It's just whatever the... It's not the, a lot of fanfare, for yeah, sure. Yeah, which I kind of like. Because I, I mean, I even think about the fact that like if you were to take so many modern technologies that we have now and put them back 200 years to like show someone like a cell phone or mm-hmm. like just taking a picture with your phone and then showing mm-hmm. it, people would be like, that's magic, that's right. witchcraft or whatever. So it's like very much addressed in or like handled in a very similar way. Right, to like just it's like, just this normal thing. Like you can like... Yeah, it's just part of the world. Right. It's, yeah. The the pitcher of water is pouring itself yeah. in the background. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just like, yeah. that's chill. Yeah. That's part of, this is our life. Um. So what, go, like going forward, like we... Which one of these is your favorite part? Of the, of the movies? Yeah. Is it different for the movies and the books? It, kind of, I feel like. I'm trying to think. Well, I I think that 
my favorite book was the third book, and I think that that lines up with the film as well. I Is feel it like, The Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah, I feel like I really remember liking it. I mean, it's been a while since I've That's both read Oldman, the books. Right? And, yes. Um, it's been a while since I've both read the books or seen the movies and, like, really sat and, like, watched the movies just because I've seen them enough now that it's kind of, like, yeah. I kind of am doing other things when, when they're on. Sure. Um, but I, <laughs> I think that lines up. And then I did like the the last two quite a bit um, just because I felt like the final book, it made sense for the final book to have two films. Mm-hmm. And I remember them very well because I was in college, I think, when the last two films came out. Um, so, yeah. And, were, and the acting is a lot better. Sure, sure. Well, I think also, you know, this being the first film in the series, I mean, it differs from certainly from Star Wars right. in that it had an existing piece of media that it was drawing from. Right. So it's, it, but it's also different from, say, the Marvel movies because Marvel has so much media to draw so from. So much. But then, ooh, I'd say at least, like, and I don't know if you've seen many of the Marvel movies or whatnot, but it's kind of its own narrative. Right. Uh, separate from that. So they're like, just because something happened one way in the comics doesn't mean we're going to be uh, doing the exact same story. Um, Ryan needs a bathroom break. Do you mind uh, if no, we pause no. this at all? We're actually, I was, I was just about to wrap oh, it up. Oh, okay, so, cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing where it goes. I'm excited to hear your take on some of the more recent ones sure. as they get, like, as the acting improves and as the CGI improves, I yeah. think you're going to find that you're a little bit more engaged and you're going to get a lot more backstory. They really um, provide more depth to a lot of the characters. I mean, even his aunt and uncle, you get more depth to that, too. Yeah. Um, they're not just, like, I mean, they're pretty abusive, but, like, you, right. you kind of get more backstory as to, like, why? why they're such assholes. Right. Um. So that that definitely becomes more interesting. Cool. So I'm excited. Are we going to talk about the other ones too? Like as you watch them? Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Sweet. Well, thanks, Emily. Thank you.